Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to SEAC Stories, brought to you by the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre at the University of Sydney. This podcast tells the stories of our members. I'm your host, Natalie Pearson. As the Asia-Pacific becomes the central stage of the US-China rivalry, Vietnam has emerged as one of the key countries to watch. On one hand, Hanoi still considers the China model of governance as desirable and an acceptable alternative to the capitalist West. At the same time, however, perception of China as a threat pushes Vietnam closer to a closer alignment with the West in defence and security cooperation. How will Vietnam negotiate these strategic challenges? Is it possible to maintain a neutral stance, leverage relations with both sides, and minimise the potential geopolitical risks associated with great power competition? To talk to us about Vietnam and China in the era of strategic competition, I'm delighted to welcome Nguyen Kak Zang, a research fellow at the Vietnam Centre for Economic and Strategic Studies. Zang is currently a PhD candidate at Victoria University of Wellington, New Zealand, where his research focuses on Vietnamese and Chinese political developments. His academic work appears in, among others, the Asian Journal of Political Science, Contemporary Southeast Asia, the Constitutional Political Economy, and the Asia and the Pacific Policy Studies. Zhang is a frequent commentator on Vietnamese affairs and writes extensively for major Vietnamese and English news outlets. He also gave the Vietnam Update at the SEAC Politics in Action Forum in 2022. Zhang, thank you so much for joining us on SEAC Stories. Thanks, Natalie. It's my pleasure and honour to be here. It's quite a delight to have you, Zhang, because as I mentioned in my introduction, you gave the Vietnam update at our recent Politics in Action Forum earlier this year, and it was such an engaging presentation. We just had to have you on the podcast, even though it's our general policy not to have PhD candidates, we just couldn't resist inviting you on. So you've described Vietnam and China as strange bedfellows, but in fact, they share a long and complex history. Can you tell us more about the key characteristics of this relationship? What is it based on? Well, I think in terms of economic relationship between Vietnam and China, we would say that Vietnam's relationship with China is quite similar to other countries in Southeast Asia, which really depend on China for trade and economic investments. But Vietnam also shares a very intimate ideological link with China as two of the five remaining communist regimes in the world with Laos and North Korea and Cuba. And also Vietnam probably is the only country in Southeast Asia who concerns about China's security threat because it is the only country in Southeast Asia that has been invaded multiple towns by different empires and regimes in, in history by their northern neighbor. So I would say the relationship between Vietnam and China is very complex and should be viewed in different lenses. Okay, so let's explore those different lenses. When countries are too economically integrated, it can in fact make them more vulnerable, especially when the relationship is unequal. We saw this early in 2022 when the Chinese border was closed due to COVID restrictions. What impact did this have on Vietnam economically? I would say the very important thing to note about the relationship between Vietnam and China in terms of economic and trade relationship is that 
the model of relationship is very similar to the North-South model. So when China uh, resembles North country that exports high quality and high value added goods and manufacture products to Vietnam and then import Vietnam raw materials and agricultural products. And of course, this uh, model of North-South trade would be very vulnerable to the South country like Vietnam. Early this year, when China closed the border because of their COVID concerns, many thousands of Vietnamese farmers suffer from that because most of their agricultural products export to China. And China is the biggest market for many of Vietnam products and raw materials. Also, there is raised the very big question about the risks of economic coercion. In Australia, I think there has been a lot of concerns about China economic coercion, especially in the past three years. And the same thing could be said about Vietnam as well, because Vietnam would be worried that if they would do something that, you know, being viewed as offended to China, there would be a risk of economic coercion simply by closing the border or like what they did with the Philippines in, after the, the court ruling in 2016 about the South China Sea case, they banned banana import uh, from the Philippines. So only one simple action from the Chinese authorities would be very devastating to farmers and producers in, in, in Vietnam. So I think that's a very an important thing to be worried about for the Vietnamese when dealing with China in terms of economic and trade relationship. Let me ask you about energy production. Um, Vietnam still has a number of coal-fired electricity projects and China is the biggest funder of these. But Beijing has pledged to stop funding coal-fired projects abroad. So what are the possible implications? I mean, we've talked about the farming sector. What about in terms of energy production? Well, it's very important to note that in terms of energy sustainability in Vietnam, Vietnam depends uh, quite a very, I would say, substantially on coal-fired and other fossil fuel-fired electricity generation. And for such projects, the biggest and probably now one of the remaining uh, funders for those projects come from China because other countries like European countries or South Korea or Japan, they own abandoned their funding schemes for such projects in Vietnam. So in 2021, some research reports emerged that China's funding accounted for at least half of Vietnam's coal-fired projects. So when China decided that they would like to withdraw from the funding of coal projects around the world and of course including Vietnam, this posed a very big concern in Vietnam about how to sustain the country's economic development without those coal-fired projects from China. Of course, it could be a very good opportunity for Vietnam to diverge from coal-fired projects as well. But at the same time, in the short term, it could be a big problem for Vietnam in terms of having secure their energy or the economic development. How does this tie into broader discussions and debates about the Belt and Road Initiative? Is that a popular initiative in Vietnam? What, what has its reception been like? I would say among other Southeast Asian countries, uh, Vietnam probably is the most doubtful as a species of the Belt Road Initiative. And if you look around big projects in Vietnam, you don't really see a lot of BRI projects. The reason is that Vietnam always worried that China would use 
Belt Road Initiative investment as a economic tool in order to influence Vietnamese domestic politics and also influence um, their presence in, in the country. So for Vietnam, they accept some BRI project as something like, you know, showing a goodwill gesture to China. But at the same time, they don't really receive such project with open arms because of the concerns of economic and political influence. This, I think, is because of Vietnam's, I would say, long-term suspicion of China as the main security threat for the country uh, since the China-Vietnamese border war in 1979 and the period of frozen relationship afterwards. So VRI still received in Vietnam, but at the same time, it is not really viewed as a positive development for Vietnam as the alternative investment and trade pack in compared to other projects uh, that Vietnam received from Japan or the America or European Union. So you've talked about this suspicion that Vietnam has towards China and, and China being its main security concern. Is Vietnam taking active steps to resist this economic dependency? I think the Vietnamese leadership has always been trying to not depend too much on China. But of course, if you look around Asia, Pacific is is not really a easy task. China is the biggest trade partner, not only for Vietnam, but literally on other countries in the Indo-Pacific region. And Vietnam has been trying to balance it with improving economic relationship with uh, the West, especially uh, the America, European Union, Japan, and South Korea. And now the U.S. is uh, Vietnam's biggest export market. And then the second comes as uh, European Union. And then if we look at the economic development of Vietnam in the past three decades after the Đổi Mới reform policy. Vietnam has received many investments from South Korea and Japan, and those countries are the biggest foreign direct investors in the country in compared to China. So in order for Vietnam to keep their relative independence of China in terms of economic engagement, Vietnam has tried to open its network of friends and partnership around the region and with other countries like the West in America and European Union in order to balance the impact from China. And uh, since the U.S.-China trade war during the Trump's administration, Vietnam has been trying to draw more investment from U.S. allies into the countries. They see the U.S.-China trade war as an opportunity to improve their economic interdependence with the West. When you see there's a lot of Western companies that try to divert their investment from China and move to Vietnam to produce yeah, their products. So Vietnam has been doing quite a few things in order to maintain their economic independence from China. But of course, their effort of decoupling is still very you know challenging because it's not easy to decouple from China as such. But it's more important probably for Vietnam to maintain a healthy independence on China. Well, the really interesting thing about this relationship, and you know, you've just done an excellent job of outlining the ways Vietnam is resisting this economic dependence on China, but the tension there is that Vietnam has this self-proclaimed socialist-orientated political system, and 
There are no parallels for that in the region except for China. I mean, you mentioned North Korea and Cuba, but Vietnam and China, you know, they share a border. They also share very similar ideological views. So is this incompatible with Vietnam's efforts to resist economic dependency on China and to establish these new strategic relationships with the EU and the US? That's a very big problem for the Vietnamese leader because at the same time, it's very hard for Vietnam not to follow China because they want something that very similar to the Chinese leader in Beijing one. That is the uh, state-owned economic model, first and second, a very tight control over the society. But at the same time, uh, because Vietnam wants to have other partnership to balance with China because of the security concern, they have developed a very strong partnership with the European Union, especially after the EU-Vietnam Free Trade Agreement uh, ratified in 2021, that compelled Vietnam to have the state-owned economic uh, reforms and transparency for the economic model, and then having relatively favorable environment for civil society, which are, you know, something not really accepted in, in, in the China model. So for Vietnam, they face a very big dilemma in terms of how to first learn from China, but second, learning from China without being moving too close from China. And I think this is a very difficult task for, for the Vietnamese leader. And if we see the recent developments in domestic politics, in Vietnam in the past uh, five years, I would say that they try to balance it by having more trade agreements with the West while learning the way to control the society in the Chinese way, especially in terms of tightening the civil society environment, tightening the cybersphere in Vietnam. It's also very important to note that in Vietnam, the internet is relatively free in compared to China. Vietnam doesn't have its own internet ecology like China, and is open to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So in a way, it's very different from China in terms of cybersphere. But growingly, Vietnam has been trying to learn from China the tactics in order to control the internet in the Chinese way. So I'm not so sure about how this will unfold in the near future. But currently, we probably have seen something very contradictory in, in Vietnam in terms of balancing between learning from Chinese model at the same time approaching the West for economic development and independence from China's economic influence. That's a very good point you make about cybersecurity just at the end there. And, you know, it leads me to my next question, really, which is about security and China's increasing assertiveness in the South China Sea in Vietnam's northern border, and as China also seeks to extend its influence in neighbouring countries such as Cambodia and Laos. What steps is Vietnam taking to counterbalance these direct and indirect security concerns? Vietnam is a middle power with 100 million population. It is still very weak in compared to China because of China's power and uh, economic influence over the region. Biggest approach in order to balance China in that sense of counterbalance China in regional influence is by building a network of partnership and friends in the region. We have seen the uh, rapprochement of Vietnam and US in the past 10 years, and then we also have seen a very increasingly strong partnership between Vietnam and India, Vietnam and South Korea, Vietnam and Japan, and Vietnam and Australia. 
And secondly, uh, for Vietnam as a middle power, Hanoi sees multilateral frameworks like ASEAN, like APEC, like ASEM, is very important for the country to balance with China. So in order to counter the influence of China, the only way for Vietnam is not directly engaged with China in terms of you know, economic, financial, or military race, but to internationalize all of the disputes, either on South China Sea issue or either on, on economic issues, and try to solve it in you know multilateral uh, platform. And uh, secondly, they try to draw into the region partners and uh, countries who are interested in maintaining the rule-based uh, order in the region, like Australia, in New Zealand, uh, Japan, South Korea, and the U.S. And this is very at odds with China because China always wants to solve the only disputes with whether with Vietnam or with the Philippines by bilateral means, and they don't really want to have other countries outside the region to involve in you know, domestic matters of the region. So in this sense, uh, Vietnamese foreign policy, they're trying to widen the network, they're trying to push everything on the table of multilateral platforms, and it is a dot with China. Let me ask you a question about Vietnam's foreign policies. And you've mentioned China's preference for bilateral engagement and Vietnam's engagement with other more multilateral initiatives. What is this idea of bamboo diplomacy that the Communist Party leader in Vietnam has mentioned? And yet, can you explain it to us? In the past few years, we have seen a very interesting patterns where China tries to convince ASEAN countries to close the door and always you know, discuss our internal matters well, with among themselves. But then at the same time, countries like, like Vietnam and the Philippines want to have more presence of democratic powers, I would say, like US and, and other democracies into the discussion in order to balance China out. Well, the bamboo dip- diplomacy is not uh, very new. And I would say in Southeast Asia, we also have Thailand, which uh, proclaimed its own foreign policy as a bamboo diplomacy. And in Vietnam, the concept of bamboo diplomacy, uh, I think, has been here for quite a long time. But it was uh, recently raised by Nguyen Phu Chong, the leader of, of the Vietnamese Communist Party in Vietnam and the de facto leader of the country. For this bamboo diplomacy, it is important for Vietnam to maintain its principle, particularly the principle of non-interference and independence. And then for strategic terms, it can move in toward different directions depending on the context of the time that its foreign policy is conducted. For something that violating the principle of its foreign policy, like the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Vietnam criticize the invasion, but without naming Russia, because Russia has been seen as the biggest friend of Vietnam, as a legacy of the Soviet Union. It's very unique for the country to maintain its bamboo diplomacy in the sense that they, they would say that uh, the national interest you know, is sacred, is something that they, they would not change. But at the same time, it depending on the situation that Vietnam can move toward to different directions. They can be close to the U.S. at one point, but they can also be close to China at, at the other point. So bamboo diplomacy, Vietnam considers it as necessary in order to maintain its uh, independence. And also it 
is conducted with the other uh, principle of Vietnam, what is well known as the Four Nodes principle in terms of uh, you know military cooperation in in the country, which is no uh, foreign base in Vietnam, no uh, Vietnam's cooperation with other countries in order to invade or attack other countries, and then no military alliance. So it's a very uh, artistic way of saying that. Vietnam wants to maintain neutrality to protect their national interests at the same time. You've just mentioned Russia in your previous response there, and this might be a question, I'm not sure if you're prepared to answer it, but it's very interesting to think about Vietnam's previous alignment with Russia and how that is panning out in terms of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. What are we seeing in terms of uh, Vietnam's relationship between Russia and the US? I think it's very tough for Vietnam. So currently, if we see uh, Vietnam responses to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, is very vague. So Vietnam doesn't support the invasion, of course. But Vietnam name Russia as an aggressor. They criticize the invasion. The representatives of Vietnam at the UN uh, said that all countries have to adhere to the UN Charter of non-interference and protecting territorial integrity for, for Ukraine. So it kind of like very, very well criticism of, of Russia in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I think it is because Vietnam is in a very unique position. First, Russia has long been considered as Vietnam's most loyal friend as the Kaplai legacy of the Cold War when the Soviet Union was Vietnam ally and helped Vietnam to win against the French and the America in the Vietnam War and, and gain independence. And secondly, Russia is the biggest military supplier for Vietnam, accounting, I think, now at least 60% of Vietnamese military material is from Russia. So Vietnam doesn't really want to antagonize Russia because of the first ideological link, and second, because Russia is the biggest military supplier for, for Vietnam. But at the same time, because of Vietnam's reasons, rapprochement with the U.S. and very close relationship with uh, the West, it puts Vietnam in a very difficult position not to criticize Russia. And um, in the position of Vietnam, I would say it is torn out by ideology and interest. So for ideology, it's better for Vietnam to criticize Russia by name because Vietnam as a small country, similar to Ukraine, would be much better if the international rules by order is honored. Because the things that happen in, in Ukraine can happen in you know, Asia Pacific with China is a looming threat. And, and secondly, for Vietnam, uh, when they want to solve the South China Sea disputes, it's much better for Vietnam and other countries in the region, like the Philippines, Malaysia, to use laws and international conventions to solve the, the dispute with China instead of using military or coercive uh, methods. So for Vietnam, it's ideologically, it's much better for Vietnam to criticize Russia openly because of such ideological theme. But at the same time, Vietnam doesn't want to antagonize Russia because it makes Russia stop the exporting military equipment to the country. And secondly, if Russia is being isolated by the West and then it moves closer to China orbit, then it would be very, very tough for Vietnam to deal with. Uh, one very Interesting fact is that uh, Russia is a country that has a lot of oil exploration projects in Vietnam's exclusive economic zones. 
and uh, Vietnam considers those oil exploration projects as a tool for them to maintain territorial integrity and you know to protect their own maritime interests in face of China's threat. And so, if for example Russia becomes closer to China and then they withdraw such projects from Vietnam, and then Vietnam doesn't really have other alternative choices in order to operate such projects, and it could be very harmful for Vietnam's attempt to protect their national interests on the South China Sea. Zhang, what you've done is really sketch out this very clear picture of the very difficult position Vietnam is in, in relation to China in particular. Is it even possible for Vietnam to navigate this very delicate balancing act? It's trying to maintain a neutral stance obtain maximum benefit and advantage from its bilateral relations with China and the US. Uh, it's also trying to minimise the fallout of these, these tensions that are playing out in the region. Is any of this possible for Vietnam? What lies ahead? I think it's very tough for the Vietnamese leaders to maintain their existing position of neutrality and trying to walk the fine line between China and US. And I think the Russian invasion of Ukraine comes in the worst time for Vietnamese because similar to Australia, South Korea, Vietnam also aspires to be a middle power in the sense that they want to be relatively independent from biggest powers like China and the US. They also want to promote regional cooperation and multilateral institutions like APEC or ASEAN. But when the world becomes more polarized, is become increasingly difficult for Vietnam to maintain that position because of the pressures from both the West and from China. And for Vietnam, China is neighbor and there's nothing for Vietnam to change that. America is important because without America, there is no way for Vietnam to balance with China because of the huge power that China has in comparison to Vietnam. So the way forward for Vietnam, I think, it is important for Vietnam to maintain its principles and uh, such as protecting the basic principles of international order like territorial integrity, uh, non-interference, and then promoting cooperation via uh, multilateral organizations, especially ASEAN, because Vietnam, I would say, wants to take a more leadership role in ASEAN. But at the same time, they also have to work smartly with China to solve their own issue. As you probably have seen, for Vietnam, the problem with China is not only sovereignty issue, it's not only the South China Sea issue, it's not only economic dependence, but also other environmental impacts, especially on the Mekong. Vietnam and Cambodia are the two lower Mekong basal regions. When China builds a network of hydro dams on the upstream of the Mekong River, it creates a very devastating ecological and livelihood impact on the people in the Mekong Delta in Vietnam. And the Mekong Delta in Vietnam account for 90% of Vietnam rice export. So it really endangers Vietnam food security as well as the security of all the people around the world that use Vietnamese rice for their staple. So there is a lot of you know, complex and interdependence between Vietnam and China in that sense. So Vietnam cannot choose to stay away from China. But at the same time, it cannot allow to be, you know, to come too close to the orbit of, of China because the fears of, you know, having too much Chinese influence in, in Vietnam. And for this, I would note that Vietnam's public 
probably has the most anti-China sentiment in the region, in addition to to the Philippines, caused because of the historical reason. So if the Vietnamese Communist Party wants to move closer to China in terms of you know economic, ideological, or foreign policy links, it would create a very difficult position for the regime to maintain stability in the country because it might create chaos and protests in the countries. So in Vietnam, although Vietnam is one-party state and it's relatively easy to control, anti-China sentiment is one of the biggest risks of social unrest in the country. And the leadership in Hanoi must take into account of domestic politics in carrying out its foreign policy direction and also in balancing uh, between China and US. Zhang, it's such an interesting part of the world to be conducting this research and you've outlined the tensions, the push and pull, the carrot and the stick so well for us. Thank you for joining us on SIAC Stories and best of luck with your future research. It's my pleasure, Natalie. You've been listening to SEAC Stories, brought to you by the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre at the University of Sydney. Make sure to keep up with all our SEAC Stories podcasts by following us on your favourite podcasting app. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Every positive review helps new listeners find the show. And of course, let your friends know about us on social media.